Good afternoon, everyone. It's a new week, and I'm still just as paranoid as ever as to whether you can hear me or not, but I think it seems to be working all right. How are we all doing? We've just uh, toggled a few dials to try and make sure we're broadcasting now across all social media, YouTube, Periscope, LinkedIn, Facebook. So if you're tuning in on one platform and you prefer it on another, you'll probably find that we're also available there. Uh, 12.30 to 1 o'clock weekdays, I'm Jack Tune. We talk about most things healthcare, MSK type of stuff, but then also, where appropriate, current affairs and how that overlaps. And so today's one of those days, I think. I've not got any guests joining me, but I've got Neil Langridge coming on the show tomorrow to talk about the roadmap on advanced practice. So we're not going to be talking about that today because that's going to be perfect for tomorrow. So do tune in tomorrow if you want to hear Neil's thoughts on the all things that are exciting in advanced practice. He's been doing some great work there. Um, but today, as I've put in the titles, What's it mean? The uh, big talk over the weekend, apart from, of course, for Therapy Live Sport, which was on Saturday. But other than that, in current affairs world, most people talking about the presidential election. And so my first question to you guys, which I'll, uh, I'll come to second, but I want to ask you guys straight away whether or not you're even bothered, whether you've noticed what, why you might think that matters, both in worldly sense, but particularly how you think it might influence healthcare. You know, I'm interested in that. Do you think it has any bearing on some of the conversations that we have as a community in, in, in MSK even? Uh, does that stuff matter? Uh, so do, do let me know. That's my core question to you guys and how I want to get you participating today is on that sort of, does, do the use and R's of US politics matter? And do we, do, are they sometimes overplayed in terms of their influence or is it something we should talk about more? I'm just interested in your thoughts really as to whether that matters. So Joe Biden being president as far as we can see, uh, pending legal challenges of course and some of the dramas. But how does that stuff influence you? Are you bothered? Is it overhyped? And and also whether you feel it affects any of the conversations that we have, not just on this show but across our, uh, our sort of MSK and healthcare sphere on social media. So do let me know. Does that stuff matter? Now, Jim's kindly posted a comment on Periscope saying that I look better and less haggard. That's really good of him. Um, although it was him that called me haggard on the most part uh, last week. So uh, appreciate that. But yeah, maybe I'm a bit cheery. And one of the reasons I'm cheerier is, of course, because uh, Therapy Live Sport on Saturday went off without a hitch. If you've not heard about this, we did another uh, big, big uh, digital education conference on Saturday. 5,000 tickets that we sold out of on the week leading up to the show. And, uh, and yeah, it went down really well. I uh, really hope everyone enjoyed that that, that attended. Um, you can have a look on the website, therapy-live.co.uk. The uh, infrastructure is still up and around. You can see how you can get involved as well. If you want to access the recorded content after the fact, you can do so by buying it as a package or you can join as a member for £5 a month and you get all the show content from this event as well as last event, as well as future event. Basically, we're trying to create a community of practice to see if we can keep it free at the point of access, much like all of our podcasting that we've done over the years is free at the point of access. And then we're trying to work out if we can create a sustainable model. And the main reason for that, which I did talk about a little bit in closing of the of the show on Saturday and on the quiz a little bit as well, I think, on the evening, which was a good was good fun, was that to my eye, if if physio matters and the community that are around physio matters, which is obviously you guys, if we can't find a way to create uh, event infrastructure such as that, both digitally and then in the future in person, of course, I'm not averse to that, then 
if we don't do it in industry, then some faceless, nameless events company that's just going to leverage, leverage gadgets and gizmos and, and, and create it as a, as, as a business project that's independent of quality and doesn't actually keep their finger on the pulse of what is decent and, and vaguely scientifically credible, then they, they're just going just gonna to dine out on success uh, in, in a market where we know that ethics should be at the heart of what we're doing. And so that's one of the things we're constantly trying to balance is trying to do in, interesting and innovative things, but cre create something that's sustainable, that, that is worth all of our time and the speaker's time, et cetera. So that's really important to us. So Therapy Live Sport went off without a hitch and uh, really appreciate you all for, for tuning in and enjoying it. Let us know what you thought if you did attend or let us know if you're going to catch up with any of it after the fact. What did you enjoy? What didn't you? Um, and then the final thing I'm going to sort of visit a little bit today is, oh, yeah, I haven't sent this out. I was going to put an image up on screen. I best send that from my phone, actually. Is um, There's been a really interesting new article that's been published by Emeritus Professor, I think she is now, Shirley of course uh, very much to move functioning and come up with theories that try to move us away from uh, pathological structural models into into more biomechanical movement systems type approach and um so she's got a new a new article out um trying to get this up screen for you short um where she's sort of suggesting what the the next hundred years would be i don't know if it's come to a centenary of something and she's talking about 100 years so um and so i'm interested in uh in that I haven't, I haven't got a chance to read the full text yet so i really want to get get stuck into that so maybe it's a little premature for me to to be um to be thinking about it because obviously ideally i'd have got stuck into it but i only noticed it first thing this morning and it seems spicy enough for us to at least mention and, and then obviously we can get into more detail in the future um but i'll just i'll just show you show you all a, a table in a second, once I've loaded this up, or I'll show it you later. Um, I don't know if you've noticed it. Um, Meekins is uh, putting dinosaurs in a face palm. That's what he thinks of it. I think he's noticed it as well. Um, Shirley's editorial. Now, Adam, of course, getting in trouble. The dinosaurs, you know, I don't mind. It's the fossilized thing that I think you need to be careful of. Um, but um, yeah, it's uh, something that is an example in many ways of uh, of some dated thoughts and beliefs etc but for me it's a good example of how uh, the counter narrative to this idea is not really being even understood it's not as if this is a pushback against anything sometimes you, probably every few months you get especially an academic pushback to um to sort of the uh the crowd in a sense where they sort of make a say make a a hark back to uh, be that manual therapy or be that to a style of, of decorum that they they prefer you know there's all sorts of stuff like that that you know more recently there's a, a call to consider journals uh, accrediting courses etc to stay relevant it's really that you know they've got these sort of uh, completely legitimate arguments that they try to make whereby they're sort of trying to say this is where we feel that things are going and this is how we could we could influence them um, whereas with this, it just doesn't feel like that because it's not actually seeming to reference the here and now. It doesn't seem to reference the relevant. It's it's something that is, it feels like you're constantly looking at what date it's published because it, it, it doesn't feel like it acknowledges the core argument against that worldview, for want of a better term. Um, and so, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely want to unpack that a little bit later in the show. 
But again, the uh, three key things we're going to be talking about is that, what's Salmonism, essentially what is uh, what is Shirley up to now and what she's saying. Uh, then, of course, how did you get on at Therapy Live? Did you enjoy it? Um, and uh, and thirdly, whether or not you feel that uh, American politics is especially relevant, whether you follow it, whether it matters, whether you're pleased, whether you're not, you know, can't each other throw that out there. Any Trump fans in? Um, I doubt it. You know, you don't see many of them in healthcare for various different reasons. But um, I want to uh, understand better as to whether or not I think we can um, we can deduce anything, or where there is any downstream effects that we can try and aim to predict or should account for in MSK practice. One of them that I want to throw out there is that. It is quite relevant, and I did mention it with Sandy Hilton, and I hope to get John Ware on the show. Um, you know, he's a great guy who's uh, who's more of a, a Trump fan than than most, and um, I want to talk to him a little bit about stuff. But I mentioned to Sandy the fact that it's like a in the back of my mind in the UK, sometimes not feeling like you've got much skin in the game in in, youth, in, in US healthcare. I see as being quite relevant in some ways that they have a more of a market system within their healthcare than most of the world. And a lot of innovation seems to come from that. Now, not without major cost and major challenge, and I'm not suggesting that that's necessarily a model that I, you know, I certainly don't see there anything, anything there that I'd want to replicate in this country. But I do think that sometimes the downstream effects less so in MSK, but certainly from what we've seen with Proton Beam, for example, came over from the US, which is really strong innovations into oncology treatment. Uh, we're fairly leading light in many ways in this country for protocols and, and trialist stuff that goes on where you're refining things for, for things like cancer, especially in NIH, NIHR, uh, do, do some phenomenal work with research funding in the UK, et cetera. But I'm, I'm thinking more in terms of tech innovations or sometimes even pharmaceutical innovations where those high risk, high reward, quite hyper-capitalist strategies that occur even in healthcare due to the, the sort of economic model that surrounds their system means that it's got its downsides massively. I've heard about plenty of them. Um, and it definitely needs a shake-up at whichever side of the political fence. You know, you rarely find someone who's massive fan of exactly what the current system is over there. However, I do think that that matters a little in healthcare. Maybe less so MSK, but I think that matters. On a structural level, it could well be that that, that the world could suffer at least in part, or at least in, in some ways, from if they were to adopt a full what they call Medicare for all, but essentially socialized medicine like the NHS. If at the click of a finger without giving thought to it, I do think there might be some uh, unintended consequences that we need to consider. That doesn't mean it's something that I wouldn't necessarily support. I can imagine being quite a vocal supporter of that movement in many ways, but it's something that I think needs to be sort of well thought out because I think we will lose some of that, some of that uh, interesting stuff there. The other side of it as well, when I think about US politics now, it influences when my thinking in, in this space, you know, where I spend most of my time thinking as hard as I can in MSK, in healthcare, in education, is that there is something to be said from the symbolic nature of what a president means. You know, in the UK, it's funny because we've obviously got the uh, little queenie and she's almost like a symbolic leader rather than anything of any major relevance. Whereas, uh, you know, the president has to do some, you know, some US patriotic symbolism. And so having someone so bombastic and uh and and not never taking the pace off anything you know the the it's always been can't believe it's been four years of sort of fast-paced 
angry nonsense in many ways, you know, just sort of like the, and I don't just mean from him, but I just mean about him, like the, the temperatures just stayed really high over the course of four years um, with him feeling, you know, he's being, being attacked. So, you know, and, and, and him being defensive and him on the attack, it just feels like everything's been so fraught. That seems to really matter cross-culturally, I think, not just in healthcare and MSK, of course, but I just mean like it feels like the water in which we swim um, is that people's like people have always had uh, some way in which they can sort of point to um, this is the this sort of culture of leadership in many ways. You know, this is the style of, uh, of degradation of norms is how many people call it. But then also you've got people that are making bad arguments that then when you say, well, what justifies that point? And they just say cost Trump. You know, it's kind of this orange man bad Trump derangement syndrome where you've got people that are just that aren't creating credible arguments cost Trump. You know, it's something that's been disappointing to see that you've got people that are otherwise thoughtful thinkers that have just been sort of radicalized in opposition. And it just feels like in both ways. We need to try and make sure that we create some sort of more sensible, rational norms that he definitely doesn't exemplify. But then also the, the sort of fraught, emotional um, hatred of his, of his style then also doesn't bring out the best in people either. And so I know that's not necessarily a healthcare and MSK take, but it's certainly something that I look on at and hope that uh, to some degree we can get past it. Now, admittedly for me, uh, there, is a, there is a third thing, which is that I, I'm, I find it hard... Um, because of the understandable staunch opposition, especially to Trump as a character, but also Trumpism and, and, and the frustration with you know, the policies and, and the politics of, of, of that style, style of, of populism particularly, means that sometimes people then end up inadvertently or even consciously, they're purposefully hyping the purity of its opponent. And you know, I see nothing in I see nothing in Joe Biden and Cam Kamala Harris as politicians that makes me think that they should be anything to aspire to as characters. Um, yeah, better than Trump is, is is a totally reasonable position in many which ways, of course. But whether they are the best of a best of the pick, uh, both in terms of the candidates or the people, you know, I think of a. Uh, 30 colleagues that I've got that are in the US that I'd much sooner be president or somewhere nearer to the corridors of power than than people like them. You know, it's something that I just don't see that just because you might support the fact that they then beat Trump doesn't mean that they're suddenly people that I'd uh, want to uh, want anyone to aspire to be more like. You know, I just think, think that they're, they're, as far as I'm aware and pay a bit of attention to this stuff is that they're not. You know, you can you can support the fact that they won without supporting the fact that you know, or trying to pretend that they are something decent. Like that, that does concern me. That sometimes people think that they are up to something. If you look into them and you look into some of their uh, some of the things that they've been involved in, you know, it's like no, they're, they're not they're not my type of politician. If I'm honest, you know, we've got to be careful not to because we've had this idiot bombastic liar that we're just going to get uh, a different flavour of, of of bad person, in my opinion. That we then have to sort of pretend is all decent, and and I think that that's an unfortunate thing is that. You you get a bit of spin there so that's a, a just a total raw opinion from me which i just think is is hard to separate that off we can all be relieved in many ways that we might try and get to some sort of sense of normality but i just don't i don't buy the fact that we have to go one step further and then pretend that the new administration is of some sort of quality and caliber that is then you know going to be inspirational in any which way you know it's something that i think uh, is is a fault i know that we're just going to get a different flavor of false prophet um 
so what do you think that's always useful um as ever you know most people tune into this after the fact and so please do let me know what you think especially if you disagree that's the most important thing let me know if that's a lot of nonsense and whether or not um you know the uh, saint saint biden uh, i'm missing something then let me know no doubt people will be sending me links that's what usually happens read this look at this watch this video um so yeah please do let me know um the um but i want to get stuck into to the the, the salmon thing because I've got the, I haven't put that up on screen yet, have I? Um, there we go. So hopefully you can see that. So this is sort of a table that was within the, uh, what would we call it? Editorial uh, that Simon had published. It's literally recent. You know, I think it got submitted in sort of June time. So it's very current in terms of it's just been published. But um it's just to highlight a couple of these things, you know, it's it's basically what we know of her work, really, which is this pathokinesiologic and kinesiopathologic, which she explains in different ways, dysfunctional movement resulting in pathology and physiological systems, and then pathology induced by movement that is provocative. It's this notion of, you know, moving badly, um, and, and, and a fairly, you know, she famously had to move a structural model to a biomechanical one. But then has held beliefs that I and others have, have, have somewhat moved past, um, whereby this notion of, of people moving badly or moving well and that we can aspire to to certain things of correcting for dysfunctions that are then, if not symptomatic, and then lead to symptoms um, that, that seems to leave off the many different contributing factors to symptomology, but namely the fact that you know, pain we understand to be it's a bit of a butchered way of saying it, but a neurological phenomenon of a sort, an emergent phenomenon in which is very individualized and something that doesn't seem to correlate well with particulars of, of, of scapular control, for example, apart from in extreme circumstances. And even then, it's something that realistically, considering that the, the trainable model in which uh, Simon espouses for treatment of it, it, it sort of feels like it's dated, it's dated thinking. And it's something that, as I said, my biggest issue with it isn't that, you know, I just don't, I'm not a fan of that stuff now. It's more that what is it that we're doing? What is it that the industry's doing at large that is meaning that Shirley and others aren't necessarily, it's not coming to that conclusion is fair enough. But in this piece, from what I've seen, and as I said, I've not read it in, in, in as much detail as I'd like, but having skimmed it and looked at some of the conclusions, it's like, it doesn't feel like there's an appropriate grappling with the anywhere near the strongest argument against it. And what is it we're doing? How are we managing to run this parallel world whereby she's not necessarily engaging with the process of thinking hard about how her model holds up to its best scrutiny and then also offering to counter it? And coming to a conclusion like this is, is totally fair enough, but it's just, you know, it's something that to see what feels like parallel worlds running is really disheartening because it's something that something's not cutting through and admittedly that that runs this way as well right there's plenty of things about what shirley's saying in this that's just it does not cut through with me imagine not with with our listeners and our network but why not is kind of more obvious to answer in a sense that it's like this is how we've moved past that model thanks for all the work in that direction Shirley. but this is what we've matured it to because of this evidence and this thinking and this philosophy and and how we now integrate with our patients and that it's just that but but the fundamental thing that then the reason you know we're not seeing people continue to or fail continue to fail to grapple with 
the counter argument that we would then be pro- proposing, you know, is is fascinating to me. Like, the, w- then there's a lot of corners of it. I mean, it's not just to pick on this particular thing from from Shirley, but she's such an incredible and, and, and famous thinker in this direction uh, who's done a lot for she's on the we stand on her shoulders in many ways for what she broke down and, and who she who she changed the minds of in, a, in when we were in a very narrow orthopedic paradigm and the autonomy and credibility of, of physios to deliver rehab and for her to move us away from narrow structural thinking but then also just didn't take that next step and it just became that the category errors just became biomechanical ones rather than structural ones and that's what she's sort of suggesting in here really is that she's always aspiring for us to get some consistency with regards to diagnostic labeling based on dysfunctional movement and it's just that we can't help but disagree with that in the most part that means that therefore we're not taking up a mantle like Shirley's saying and this article's about what's the next hundred years bring means that no one's going to take that on because she's not speaking a language that we even recognize much anymore but how is that happening and um how are we not how are we not at least having a conversation that moves us forward now what we're going to try and do is uh, reach out to Shirley and see if she'll come on Physio Matters and we can sort of talk about this or speak to someone that's, uh, who's, who's into that school of thought because there could well be something that we're missing uh, that we're, we're needing to understand. And it's not that it's failure to grapple with ideas, it's that they've grappled with them and moved past them themselves. Maybe we're the ones that are behind, but generally speaking, we need a better conversation. I'm concerned about this parallel strategy and how it's running. So I'm definitely interested in, in your guys' thoughts. Um, Meekins has said that it's... a Opinion piece at the end of the day, a glorified blog. I know it's funny that, it's, uh, yeah, you call things an editorial when they're published in a journal article, but they are they are blogs. But also the discussion section in most articles, you know, m- most academic articles, it's just a blog at the end of a, of a, a database justification for said blog. You know, uh, these things, um, sometimes it's too dismissive to call things blogs, but similarly as well, there's some terribly unreferenced in, in, in cowboy blogs out there. Not, not, not Adams, of course, that's not what I'm meaning. Um, but yeah, the uh, I'm, I'm interested in your guys' thoughts on this as ever. Uh, do let me know, be that through any channel that you wish. When you're listening to the after the fact on your commutes, etc., uh, then please let me know what your thoughts are. Um, we've got a comment here. Let's have a little look. Oh yeah, Paul's Paul's got in touch on on LinkedIn. Sorry, I can't it can't show the whole whole comment on here. But he said the irony of Trump is this: many people have benefited from his tax cuts. Actually, liked his economics. That said, his, state, his statesmanship has been appalling and his inward-looking approach has isolated the US on the world stage. Biden is a one-term president who, in his opinion, will rebuild the US position on the international stage. Thanks, Paul. Really appreciate your thoughts on that. And uh, and also, you know, please do keep them coming uh, from anyone else after the fact. Obviously, we're running out of time now, but do let me know what your thoughts are on how, how US politics influences you. I think I do agree as well on the... Um, on the front of the, the statesmanship stuff matters. I think it's like a, a as I say, a cross-cultural thing in terms of sort of decorum and how we can better improve the the uh, the dialogue really across all of uh, all of the on the world stage. Taking the taking the heat off, take the pace off the ball is probably the better metaphor there, I suppose. But then similarly, as Paul said there, that I know of many many people that look on and think that you know the the there is a, an ideological political argument for smaller state well it's not been small state has it? it's it been lower tax within a within quite an, a large state you know he's someone that's a partly imposed a lot you know it's like a populist um, large state approach that he's taken but the citizens having more of their own money and therefore choosing to do with it what they wish is something rather than pooling and and and, and sort of 
you know, the socialised medicine is a good example of it, but also socialised education and more public sector infrastructure and stuff. And so you do end up having that uh, discussion, that ideological discussion that sort of very, very much swings more in the US. And I said that with Sandy, didn't I? It's like any given issue just feels like you've got you've got far wider spectrum in the US, it feels, you know, I, I feel like if, weirdly, it's a bit boring sometimes in UK politics, and you think about, yeah, you've got the extremes, but there's, there's just nowhere near any any central power, you don't seem to have many people that would as ascribe to those things on any given issue, whereas in the US, you've got this really quite broad Overton window of what is what is reasonable to discuss. And I just find that fascinating. Um, and I think that it matters, you know, in the core, the core ways that I talked about, but I definitely would love any of your thoughts on whether you feel it really has any lasting or enduring impact on healthcare and if i'm missing anything in msk uh, you know you might tell me that oh yeah biden in a former life was a was a physio or something that i didn't know um if there's anything that's really quite specific to msk then I'm, I'm i'm all ears but in healthcare terms i mentioned before about the fact that there are these risks as i see them with regards to health technology um that's where i am most interested in um and it doesn't it's not i'm not, I'm not strong enough concern for me to suddenly be against any sort of progressive reforms in a direction of, of healthcare really i think that the free at the point of access for baseline care um is something that just just seems like the the the, the humane thing to do in a civilized society but equally um the baby out with the bathwater, as is my favorite expression could occur if we don't do it thoughtfully the way that that could have knock-on effects if we've not got a, a bastion of of innovation in in in, in health tech that isn't over reliant on on subsidy and, and state funding so you've got you know you need that, that competition approach to drive innovation and standards high risk high reward i'd hate to hate the fact that we could lull the accidentally lull the progress on things like you know heart disease stroke and uh, and oncology you know these big killers let's say or even just on a public health level if we if we're not thinking carefully and thoughtfully about how where those big ticket items are in terms of health tech and how that fits and bleeds onto fitness i guess as well you know be mortified if we miss that just because we're being clumsy with clumsy and ideological with with policy and, and not being thoughtful so they're the, they're the areas in which i think it overlaps most significantly again all based on, on raw opinion uh, thanks so much again for for tuning into therapy live sport really appreciate it please keep your feedback coming in it's been difficult to get through it all have a look on the website and do check that out it's still all there all the infrastructure as well as ways in which you can get involved be that through membership or recordings or keep an eye out for future shows as well we're just trying to create a sustainable model so that then together we can do it in industry and i don't mean in like a full come by our sort of approach but what i mean is that we're trying to create things that are going to be close uh, and, and, and even caring about quality science and applied science within within uh, msk and, and 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 sports of course rehab practice um because if we don't then yeah I, you know, faceless nameless events companies that i keep uh, suggesting that these shadowy beast of uh, events companies that are, that are always going to capitalize on, on things like this if we don't get our shit together together so therapy-live.co.uk have a look on the site if you haven't already and keep your eyes peeled for, for more news in that direction especially if you've you know bought bought recordings or memberships etc then you're in for a busy week we're going to move everyone into that we're uh, loading all the videos as we speak so uh, really excited to to get you that and uh, thank you as ever uh, for tuning in so if i remember rightly let me uh love you and leave you all right see you later i'll see you tomorrow for as i said neil language is on the show tomorrow talking about advanced practice it's going to be absolutely brilliant he brought out the uh, roadmap which is a, a huge career innovation i think uh, for for the 
uh, not just the profanity of the profession of physiotherapy, but it's kind of the whole MSK sector. It is cross-professional. Uh, but yeah, the advanced practice roadmap and how we can deal with that. It's going to be fascinating to talk to Neil. And I'm going to definitely get stuck into you know, why, what, what, why did it come about? Like the reasons for it, which is something that obviously um, me and Neil have been into conversation about historically, but definitely be good to get his take on, on what this means and its position as a document, as a statement, as an intention um, for HEE and all the others that have been involved in it. So yeah, do tune in tomorrow to, to hear me speak to Neil about all that. But otherwise, thanks a lot and welcome to a new week. We've got a big week on the show coming up. I'll see you tomorrow.